Welcome to The Bridge, a podcast for dental professionals featuring the insights and expertise of fellow dental professionals. Let's welcome our host, Stephen Cusa. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining The Bridge Dental Podcast. I got a special bonus episode today. I'm so excited. We got uh, Professor, or not, <laughs> Professor William Mansour. Um, he's a CPA locally here in Michigan. I graduated from Michigan State, master's uh, from Walsh um, College here. And before I get to the intro, I'm excited to bring William on. Uh, we've had a lot of questions regarding um, the, the uh, change in the law for the ERC, Employee Retention Credit, on December 27th. Uh, Congress updated that. So I brought on William to give us some additional details and information. We'll also just touch on some of the PPP loan specifics. Um, so we're going to be very targeted today in this podcast episode. It's a bonus episode, and I'm so glad uh, you guys have joined us today. William, say hello to everybody out there in podcast land. Hello, podcast world. How are you? I listen to a lot myself. First time I'm being on one, actually. So appreciate you uh, for having me, Stephen. Of course. I'm sure everybody's going to uh, gain a lot from your insight today. Um, so, William, I just again, I want to I want you to give a brief overview of who you are, where you're at, and then we'll dive right into the uh, employee retention credit. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, William Mansour, I'm a certified public accountant licensed here in the state of Michigan, um, education background, bachelor's in accounting from Michigan State University, like Stephen said, and a master's of finance degree from Walsh College, local college here in Michigan. Um, and currently, I'm a partner with Ted Funkin Associates. We're a small uh, boutique CPA firm in uh, Troy, Michigan. Um, servicing, you know, a wide area of industries and, and businesses, um, um, primarily small businesses and individuals, individual owners. But of course, we have some individuals who are not business owners. Um, previous to that, you know, starting my career, I was at uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers PwC and in, uh, in downtown Detroit in their private company service tax group. I uh, spent a little time there, spent some time with some middle market firms after that. Um, kind of some small some small firms after that. So I kind of went around. I always knew I wanted to be, you know, working with entrepreneurs and small business owners, like I think most of your audience is. And here we are now. We're about a nine-person firm, um, primarily tax and consulting, compliance work. Um, you know, we don't do too much bookkeeping and, and payroll services um, as maybe other small firms. But, you know, we, we have our fair share and we try to work with clients to, you know, look at other avenues of how to get that done. But that's kind of where we are and what we do. So, uh, and also a family man married with how many kids now? Four, five, yeah, married six? three kids. <laughs> three, uh, kids. Got, uh, three kids. Thank you. Four-year-old yeah. girl, two-year-old girl. They're almost five and three very soon. And then uh, a three-month-old boy. So we're busy and married uh, to my wife, Jessica. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful family man. Um, so for those of you listening, I know William, full disclosure, I don't work with him personally. He's worked with uh, several of my clients. I'm not recommending you work with William, just as a full disclosure here, but he's an expert at this field. And I thought it'd be important to bring him on so you guys could just hear it. Always check with your CPA or you guys can reach out to us. I'll get you connected with someone like William uh, or William himself. So again, this was an important time sensitive topic and I wanted to make sure our Bridge Dental podcast listeners got a hold of it. Most of our listeners are, uh, William, they're 1099, you know, self-employed dentists, you know, working at two or three offices. We have um, dentist business owners, right? They own one, two, three practices. We have a couple that, you know, are part of, you know, DSOs, big, big organizations. Um, and so I want, you know, there's some different fields there, but essentially they're business owners. <laughs> they're all business owners in some capacity. Um, so let's dive into this. Employee retention credit. 
what just tell us what it is and then what has changed recently that why people should check again if they're eligible for this. Yeah, definitely. So get into the RC, we're kind of talk basics first and then we get a little more detail. I always try not to confuse clients. You know, we're responsible for knowing the tax code. Um, but I like to always educate my clients to at least have a basic understanding because they're business owners and, and this can affect business decisions really quickly, actually reminded. So definitely not a requirement to use me, uh, but you know, I just want to say I'm the creator of the Tax Tip Tuesday and I kind of always follow the, the guidelines, even in my Tax Tip Tuesday notes say, whether it's me or your CPA, this is something you should consider, something you should think about. Um, so let's do that with the employee retention credit. So the basics of the employee retention credit, it was passed um, with the first coronavirus bill um, back in uh, March, April timeframe when that first bill was passed. And it basically said, you know, hey, um, for employers who are still paying their employees during this hard time, um, you can get a credit um, for those wages paid um, to help you on, you know, your tax, your tax bill with your payroll filings, your 941. So this is all based on um, payroll um, paid and, and payroll tax forms. So at first it, it was really brushed over by a lot of CPAs because the rule was if you had a PPP loan, you could not qualify. Um, you could not also take advantage of the ERC. So it eliminated nearly all of our clients because most of them got the PPP loan. Um, but now back on December 27th with the new coronavirus bill, um, they changed that rule and opened it up to um, people who received the PPP can now get the employee retention credit. So mm -hmm. that really opened up the door. And while it was unfortunate because we couldn't use it back then, we can still do something about it now. And, you know, I might get into some details, but um, for tw 2020, you know, there's an opportunity to file amended quarterly payroll tax form 941s. Um, we'll get to maybe a little more detail, but just the gist of it is, you can get up to for 2020 because there is a, a 2021 benefit as well through June 30th, 2021. You can get up to um, a $5,000 tax credit per employee based on 10,000, based on up to 10,000 of wages. So mm -hmm. every employee you paid uh, up to $10,000, you can get a 50% credit of those wages directly to your 941 payroll tax bill. Um, a portion of it is, uh, you know, in tax was called refundable and non-refundable. Most of our clients are getting the full amount, um, but there is a little calculation in there to say, you know, how much is non-refundable and refundable. And as long as you've paid in uh, enough taxes, which most of our clients have, you, you can get the full uh, credit. So um, it's based on, uh, so this will get into a little more detail. So um, there. Well, hold on one second. Yeah, so sure. just to go back. So if, if, I received a PPP loan. If I'm a dentist, I got a PPP loan for our practice. Um, ERC was not really the, the way to go. It was probably the PPP loan. We got it. Um, and now you're telling me I have the ability to now at this point, go back into 2020 with my old, you know, previous 941s, yeah. right? Your payroll tax forms. Um, and now I can get or see if I'm eligible for this ERC. Am I automatically eligible? Let's, let's talk a little bit about eligibility details. Yeah, but is that so, basically the, I just wanted to summarize that back. Yeah, perfect. So you kind of know the numbers and the amounts, um, but the eligibility requirements. So for 2020, because there's different rules for eligibility for 2020 and 2021. Okay. For 2020, if you um, incurred a 50% or more revenue decline in any quarter of 2020 compared to 2019, you can qualify for the full quarter of wages paid. For example, 
in second quarter 2020 when a lot of the country was shut down, you know, a lot of Michigan was shut down, um, you know, April, May, June, second quarter of 2020. Um, if you faced a 50% or greater revenue decline, you qualify for this credit and you can take it for wages paid April 1st to June 30th. Similar concept for the third and fourth quarter. Okay. okay. Again, it's 10,000 per employee. So you can't double dip and say, you know, 10,000 each quarter for that employee. This is for 2020 because that's different for 2021. So it's um, total, other, total of 10,000 limit, regardless of how much per, they make. Per employee, but that's yeah. different for 2021. I'll get to that. So um, the other requirements, so let's say you didn't, you know, fortunately there were some businesses who didn't have that big of a decline. You can still claim this credit for the period of government shutdowns. Mm-hmm. So if you were shut down from, you know, uh, let's say, you know, March 15th, just for easy, easy um, talk, March 15th to, you know, April 20th or whatever your state shutdown was, you can still qualify for the wages paid to employees during that period. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you would claim. You still pretty much would do it all in the second quarter if that was a period. So you don't have to revisit the first quarter um, form 941. Um, but that's pretty much the eligibility requirements for 2020. Do you want to talk about how we would do that in 2020 or do you want to go into the 2021 differences? Well, I just, I just got a follow-up question to that. So yeah. um, I think, did you say 50% decline? I thought I was reading somewhere around 20%. Let's clear some of that up. Yeah. So 50% is a rule for 2020. For 2021, first and second quarter, you only need to show a 20% decline. Previous to year Previous 2020? Previous to 2019. 2019. Or they do allow you to look at 2020. Okay. Um, so so you, mostly you 2019 look- is better because that was a normal year. So you would compare even 2021 to the same quarter in 2019. And the difference in numbers is that that 50% uh, of wages actually went up to 70%. So you can get 7,000 of the 10,000 wages you paid per employee or 70% if it was less than 10,000. And they're allowing you to do that for the first and second quarter. So if you paid somebody 10,000 in the first quarter and 10,000 in the second quarter of 2021 and you qualify with all other requirements, you can actually get a $14,000 credit. 7,000 per employee per quarter for 2021. Wow. Whereas 2020 is looked at a full year. So I'm just thinking about, um, you know, I'm thinking about like Michigan, Illinois, California. I mean, this New York states with serious shutdowns. Yeah. Um, especially that first quarter or second quarter, of every, it was like the country was shut down, right? Yeah. So it could affect every state. But you know, if I'm a dentist, we shut down our office. Maybe we kept them on payroll. Maybe we laid some people off, not knowing where we were headed there. Only yeah. open for emergency on weekends type of thing. Um, but would you suggest they definitely re-explore 2020? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you need to look at every quarter in 2020. Okay. Um, okay. Majority we're helping clients with is the second quarter of 2020. Um, you know, but there are, you know, restaurants, for example, you know, they didn't pay that much revenue in the second quarter because they were shut down for so much. And you know, restaurants compared to other businesses, most of their employees are hourly wage employees. So they were not getting paid if because the restaurants were closed. Um, maybe you had a little bit of payroll because you're doing carry out compared to, you know, um, you know, maybe dental or, or you had some managers on salary that you kept them on salary even during the shutdown period. Or I've got a client in construction who never stopped paying his employees, even though they were shut down. Mm. So you really want to look at the quarters to say, you know, when was the most, um, wages paid and when did you have that decline in the revenue or your shutdown period? So let's then let's jump into 2021 eligibility or what, what's different in 2021 uh, that they should also look at because you're out, you're going to go back and look at so for those of you listening go back and look at 2020 and see what what you're eligible for and the requirements and now 
Uh, William, take us through 2021 and what they should be looking for. Yeah, so 2021, um, again, it's now up to 70% of qualified wages. Qualified wages are, you know, up to 10,000 in salary. There's a couple other things. Uh, I don't like to get it too complicated, but it, you know, it could be more than just wages, but let's just say, you know, qualified wages, 70% and then 7,000 per quarter. So the difference I think in 20, the biggest, you know, besides the big revenue difference, you only have to show a 20% decrease compared to a 50% decrease or shutdown periods in 2021. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is in 2021, you can actually request um, an advanced credit. So rather than pay all your, you know, everything in for, for your 941 payroll taxes, employer, FICA, Social Security, the employee withholdings, um, you can actually get a credit and just reduce how much you're paying for the quarter. Whereas 2020 is kind of, you know, it's already done and over with, you probably already paid all the payroll taxes in. We're requesting a refund from the IRS. Um, this is something you can do in advance. There's a form 7200, um, which allows you to ask for the credit in advance of, you know, paying the taxes in and paying the wages. So that's interesting. Would the advance just be an offset or would they actually send you the money? The advance is pretty much just an offset. Okay. So, you know, I know the IRS they, doesn't like cutting a lot of checks back to people. So that's, that's the struggle we have with 2020. Honestly, uh, they don't want to bring that bad news in, but the kind of bad news about it is when is IRS actually going to process these refunds? Okay. They're already months and months behind. We have original and amended returns filed back in March of last year and they haven't been processed. We have IRS letters that are sitting there and I don't blame them. You know, they're, they're working from home. They're kind of shut, you know, they are shut down and getting the mail is difficult. Um, but it's really taken a long time to get anything in response back to the IRS. Hopefully, you know, their guidance is to put this a little more on a rush because the truth of the matter is, is businesses are hurting. Yeah. Um, you know, people really need this money to either survive or, or keep people on payroll and help them to, you know, their employees to pay their bills. So, you know, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to talk about. You know, businesses can really use this and need, and need this. So hopefully they get these refunds. Um, so basically what we do, by the way, is just, file an amended quarterly payroll form 941 requesting the refund. Okay. Uh, so that, you know, that's not too complicated. We're able to just get a couple, little bit of information from you and we can do that. Um, whereas, you know, 2020, you probably want to go the advanced credit routes or you can go the amended, you know, return after the period is done. Um, really just kind of depends on the circumstances. Is there any deadline for this, William? Like they got to do this in the next 30 days. Is this just now we have two quarters into 2021? So is that kind of stretching this out a little bit? Yeah. So it's it's still just a general basic deadline where just like um, personal tax returns, you know, these quarterly um, payroll return uh, returns have a three-year statute of limitations from okay. the later of the date you filed or the filing due date. Um, so you, you have three years to do it. Um, pretty much, let's just say that due date of that return. Um, so you have some time to do it, but you know, why wait, you know, it's the sooner, the better, the sooner you file, the sooner you get the refund. And, you know, there's no reason definitely to hold up to 2020, 2021. I know, I mean, they're actually allowing you to, to look back at the 19 quarter and, and assume, you know, your decrease in revenue. Um, but you know, that, you know, if that comes back to bite you and you have to pay it back, you know, that can always hurt. So you kind of got to play it out and think how 2021 is going to work out before you make the decision on how to proceed for 2021. But for 2020, there's, there's really no reason we can see um, to hold back and not file it as soon as possible. I got you. Okay. So um, big opportunity for, I mean, I'm just thinking about all the business owners and obviously this one we're, we're focused on Dennis on this podcast, but in yeah. general, you think about, you know, they kept their employees, they funded a lot of things out of pocket, probably, 
right? They're starting to use personal bank accounts, yeah. the, you know, just to keep their business rent, all those things going. Yeah. And yes, yeah, some PPP loan uh, money helped. And, and then I almost look at this as an additional refund uh, back for some of those expenses that they probably personally funded. Yeah. Uh, so a really big opportunity for our dentist business owners to go back to their CPA, reach out to William and his team to, to find out their eligibility. That would be step one. Would you, would you agree, William? Is just figure yeah, out if you're eligible. Really look right? back at yourself, but there's really one big factor that. Uh, uh, here we go. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> the so tax tip Friday. That is kind of last thing because all that's good and all that's yeah. great, you know, understanding it and do you qualify or do you not qualify? Um, but most of these people who didn't qualify for the ERC at first got a PPP round one loan. Right. So here is a very important, there's a lot of details I'm not going to get into, but uh, you know, that's for us to know, but make sure we're doing it right for, for our clients, but the PPP correlation. Okay. Yeah. You cannot claim the employee retention credit for wages you claimed PPP forgiveness for. So in okay. other words, you can't double dip the wages. If you, requested forgiveness, you know, starting right after you got your PPP loan, which was, you know, mid-April to May for most people, May 1st, for example. If you're claiming forgiveness for the wages paid in May and June, you cannot use those same wages to get the employee retention credit, but you're not stuck. You know, if you do have, you know, just to throw out there, the eight or 24 week period, covered period, they call it of the forgiveness. Most people are going to 24 weeks because the shutdowns is really hard to use the eight, pay all that payroll in eight weeks. Most people paid it all in 24 weeks, but now you have this employee retention credit that throws another you know thing at you, which is you know you cannot claim the employee retention credit on the same wages as the PPP forgiveness wages. So you can't double dip. So let's let's talk some dates here. So let's say you got a May first, you got your PPP round one that begins your 24 week period. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, some people have already applied for forgiveness and, and this has hurt some people because they claimed, you know, the wages from day one plus 24 weeks. Um, but the PPP forgiveness allows you to say, yes, my 24 week period automatically starts after I get the loan, the covered period, but you can distinguish the payroll period you want forgiven. So let's say, for example, we're doing a Q2 2020 and 941 to get your refund for the employee retention credit. When you go to apply for the PPP forgiveness, you're going to want to say, hey, I'm using wages from July 1 to the end of the 24-week period. So it's still a shorter period than 24 weeks. But most people, because it's been open or the economy was back open, most businesses are back open, July 1st plus the remaining weeks, whatever it might be, you know, let's say it's, um, you know, 16 weeks left if you start May 1st. Um, those are the wages you want to ask for forgiveness on, on the PPP forgiveness application. So we really took an approach to not apply for forgiveness for any clients because there were so many changes. There were so many things going on. And this said, being one of them, this employee retention credit. Yeah, being one there's, of them. there's no, but at that time we didn't even know, you know, right. <laughs> this didn't change until December 27th, but we still said, look, changes are coming. You know, we knew the forgiveness automatic for, we thought that automatic forgiveness was going to go from 50 to 150. And it's really a good thing that we did that because uh, now you have this employee retention credit. Um, if you already applied for forgiveness, you could really be out of luck with this employee retention credit, which I just want to tell you from a few clients, it's it's hundreds of thousands of dollars for some. For others, the, it's hundred thousand dollars. For others, it's ten thousand dollars. I mean, you the employee about, retention credit. Yeah, employee retention of, yeah, credit. It's, well, it's got, yeah, it does have the ability to be a lot of money. Thousands, and you know, um, you know, we just did one uh, yesterday. Yesterday, excuse me, 
for a restaurant group client of mine. And there's 125,000 and they didn't even pay that much in wages because they were shut down for so long. Okay, wow. So this, this can be huge um, for, for small businesses and really help out. So you really got to coordinate this PPP forgiveness and ERC among a few other things um, to make sure it's, it's all done and correct. Um, uh, well, William, we, we really appreciate that. That's a, that's a big point. It's almost like there was pressure to get it forgiven right away, the PPP loan. And yeah, um, it was made up pressure, Steve. It was <laughs> like, you know, the, the banks or the, people just wanted to get it off their balance sheet, to get it off their mind. And, and, and I understand that, you know, a lot of people don't really like the thought of debt. And I, and I get that feeling, you know, but there is time. There was, there's really no rush to do it. I know some bank covenants, banks, some, you know, bank people with loans, banks kind of forced them and wanted them to do it quickly. Yeah. So that's kind of some issues we had with some of our clients, but uh, for the most part, you know, there, there really is no rush. Essentially, you know, generally speaking, you have until July 1st, not, not that we're saying to, or July, you know, we're not saying wait until then. We definitely don't want to wait last minute, um, but we definitely can take the time now to make sure it's done right. Uh, William, I, I do appreciate you coming on. We're going to have you back on as these topics continue oh, to open up love, as our, as our local uh, Bridge Dental podcast CPA expert. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think this is a good starting point for those of you listening. You know, again, there's not a specific recommendation here other than to, to explore the new law change for the employee retention credit and how it can affect your business if it does at all. And um, as William said, it could be nothing or it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's absolutely like one of the things like go check the box and see if you were eligible, uh, explore it with your CPA for 2020. And then you also have the opportunity to look forward to 2021. If there's any additional questions, um, you can email uh, me at steven.cuza at nm.com. It's in my profile. And then also, William, just give me your contact info so that they yeah, can also, if they need to reach out to you. Either uh, reaching me by phone directly, 248-677-4567. Our office is uh, 248-362-1770. Email is uh, wmansour at tedfunky.com. W-M-A-N-S-O-U-R at T-E-D-F-U-N-K-E.com. Um, but feel free to, you know, give me a call, give me an email. And, you know, we can start the conversation. Be happy to answer questions, even if you're not um, going to do it with Harper. Okay. William, thank you so much for coming on today for the special bonus Bridge Dental Podcast episode. Uh, for all the listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And we'll catch you next time on the Bridge Dental Podcast. Thanks again.